Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the world's ever first recording of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Kent Wyrock, coming to you for the first time with a brand new panel of fantasy experts and analysts. And we're going to talk a little bit of fantasy football for the first time as a group of four. So without further ado, I have already introduced myself. Let's go around the room real quick and say what our name is. We got to let the people know who we are. Hey guys, this is Matt Okada. Um, I am a Patriots fan, so bring the hate. Um, and I was a journalism major in college, so the dream is to one day actually work in the industry. But for now, I'm amateuring it up and uh, recording this incredible podcast starting now. What's up, guys? I'm, uh, I'm Matthew Betts. I'm a sports and orthopedic physical therapist, um, so I was asked to join the pod and be the injury guy um that's kind of my thing and, and hoping to shed some more light on some injuries to uh, players throughout the year and just kind of provide some more insight on what that means for you and your fantasy team and uh how to make those adjustments along the way hey everybody i'm jen smith i'm one of the senior writers over at the fantasy authority i've been playing fantasy football for upwards of eight years now and two years ago uh, Kevin Steele, uh, the writer for the Fantasy Authority, invited me on, and I've been doing this ever since. So I've been a guest star on the podcast for the website, um, and this is the first one where I am an every week uh, returning co-host. co-host. Right. And so I'm excited to be here and really excited to kind of get this all going and, and move forward with this redraft podcast, because that's what I'm more heavily involved in. Yeah, I suppose I should mention we are an offshoot of the Fantasy Authority uh, podcast tree. We now have a a dynasty. Uh, We have a DFS. And now we have this podcast, brand new redraft podcast. We might talk a little bit of keepers and stuff, too. Dynasty doesn't have their hands all over that stuff. We're going to jump in as we see necessary. But, um, yeah, we're just looking to kind of go over your fantasy football stuff in season, talk about trades, players, pickups, waivers, all of that good stuff that you love about fantasy football and it keeps you coming back year after year. So we love it so much. We just wanted to talk about it a little bit. So our goal is to be a uh, friendly fan inviting podcast where everyone can join. Uh, We'll drop some information later. We might be even doing a listener league. Once we get enough people, Uh, we'll talk about that at the end. But uh, first things first, let's go ahead and just jump into a little bit of news. And I know everything is kind of news at this point because it's the first ever podcast for us. But in the most recent news, we could talk about a couple of things here. First things first, we had C.J. Anderson finally get signed by the Carolina Panthers. And then second, we had Mark Ingram receive a four-game suspension for PED use. And now I did hear that that was already um They saw the appeal and denied it. So that four-game suspension is locked in in the books. What does this do to, you know, your uh, Christian McCaffrey's or your Alvin Kamara's? I want to know what you guys are thinking. So, I don't know. Jen, what, what, you know, tell me what you think. Who's the biggest hit or miss here? I mean, I think if if you didn't already have Kamara high up on your list, I mean, obviously this is going to give him a bump up. I have him at number seven overall. 
um, in my point five PPR, so half point PPR here. But Ingram's four game suspension just gives him more of a bump. So for me, I'm really loving my best ball uh, drafts of him uh, that I got a little bit later. So I'm excited for that. CJ Anderson, I think this helps uh, owners. It, as a free agent, we didn't know where he was going to land. There obviously could have been many spots where he landed and it would have been not as great of a situation for him. I think this, he kind of, you know, Stewart's out of there. Uh, Anderson should come in at about, I mean, I don't know how many touches do we think he's going to get at least 150 plus 150. Right. And so I'm thinking this makes him fantasy relevant. Of course. Um, when we, we weren't really sure, uh, where he was going to end up in that placement. So I'm really not actually that concerned with how it's going to hurt, um, CMC, I think he still has his role. He has his niche, and that's how they're going to use him. So I'm not really all that concerned with with his involvement in the receptions and, and that sort of thing. So I don't think his fantasy value gets a bump down for me. I, I think it, Anderson just kind of fits that Stewart role. And if anything, it just gives C.J. Anderson a bump up, if anything. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that for the most part. I think it's pretty easy to get uh, to react a little bit heavily since it's brand new news and say, oh, shoot. Kamaro's the number one, or oh, Christian McCaffrey's got to drop, you know, two rounds. Um, I do think McCaffrey might be might take a little bit of a bump. Um, I think C.J. Anderson's better running back now than Jonathan Stewart was last year. They may be equal in their primes, but Stewart's old, so that might take a little bit away. And then they've improved their receiving game, so just in general, McCaffrey I think might be a little bit less than he was last year. Um, and then Kamara or Kamara, however you want to say it. He, I mean, he gets four games as the lead back, but that's not the whole season, so I'm not shooting him too far up my rankings either. Um, obviously, he'll be a huge DFS guy in those first four weeks, I'm sure. But as far as season long, uh, I'm not putting him in my top f- four or five for sure. Um, so I don't know. Not not crazy, I don't think. Where did you have him like out? Like, did you have him outside your top ten before this, and then bumped him up at all, or like where did right you have around him? the edge? Okay. I'd say I had him right around the edge, ten or eleven. Mm-hmm. Now I'll probably bring him up, maybe nine, maybe eight, mm-hmm. but not too much higher than that. Yeah, yeah, and I have to agree with you guys on that too. It's obviously uh, obviously a good thing for uh, Kamara in those first four weeks, but I think when you look at the Saints' backfield situation, you need to also kind of take a look deeper at what's going on here with Mark Ingram. I mean. We know that Sean Payton doesn't <laughs> like that guy for some reason. Who knows? Um, has not hesitated to take him out of the backfield when they're at the goal line. Um, questionable playing time kind of throughout the year. So you have to kind of ask yourself, too, like, is this another cap in the feather of Sean Payton's hate against Mark Ingram? And how does it affect him the rest of the year? So uh, we'll see. I wouldn't be shocked to see maybe trade rumors come up around, like, the start of the season or um, even training camp preseason. So. We'll see what shakes out there. But yeah, I think, you know, obviously Kamara is going to just absolutely eat those first four weeks of the season. You know, where does. Oh, sorry. No, that's all right. I was going to say, you know, honestly, I was going to be like one of the leaders of the anti Kamara in the first round hype, like anti hype train, (laughs) whatever you want to call that, because um, I didn't see him getting enough touches per game to really, you know, warrant having him being your first draft pick in in your season. So um, this it. It, it finalizes that he's going to be a first-round value, and I, I really can't make that claim anymore. I don't think that he's going to be a bust of a pick in the first round. Um, I still think that if Mark Ingram does happen to get past Sean Payton's um, woes, then 
he he'll be able to come in and, and take his touches back like he wasn't ever gone because frankly Kamara uh he's a receiver I mean yes he he broke off a lot of big running plays but he's not built like your typical running back and I don't really see him being the between the tackles guy if Mark Ingram does return you know last season he had a 6.1 yard per carry average that's not happening again and so <laughs> I I was going to kind of expect a little bit of regression in the mean there but now now I can't really say he's not worth it in the first round if he's getting four weeks to himself uh and honestly you know you take him you play him you trade him and and you know people will know that Ingram's coming back but hit, by then he'll have so many points under his belt that someone will have stars in their eyes and still want to reach out and grab him so um also, I actually yeah really one really quick thing I don't know if anyone's talking about this but I think it might make Ingram a target in drafts absolutely I think he was kind of already getting undervalued anyways because Kamara is so hot right now um that it it bumps uh, Ingram down even though he was also great back last year for fantasy but now he's going to miss four games we've seen people come back from these suspensions and play out of their minds for whatever reason that may be uh to stick it to the man as it were um and he, we were expecting him to be a high-end RB2, I think, anyways. So if you can steal him somewhere in the later rounds than he would have been, I don't know how far he'll drop, but I think he could be an actual winner in the long run for your team. Well, I mean, I think that's probably what the listeners are kind of trying to figure out, is where will we draft mm -hmm. him, though, now? Like, who would you draft after, after him? Ingram, that is. Like, now that's what I'm sitting here thinking. Like, okay, four-game suspension. He's already splitting, you know, carries. I know they have very kind of, like, roles within the team, obviously. But where I would is still he going to fall him, now? I would still take him ahead of any of the rookies. Definitely. I would take him ahead Saquon of... Barkley? I was going to say, yeah. Oh, no, not Barkley. Sorry. <laughs> Don't forget point, about Barkley, point. man. Not Barkley. Except uh, that one guy the, in New York. Any of the non-Barkley okay, rookies. He doesn't even hardly count as a rookie. He's... <laughs> <laughs> like a locked RB1 almost. I thought you were coming out yeah. with those hot takes, Okada. I swear people treat him like he's an NFL veteran already. <laughs> uh, seriously. How many carries do we think he's even going to get? I mean, right? Jeez, uh, they're just going to... A ton. Oof. Yeah. But anyway, I think we've we've said our fair share on these situations. So let's go ahead and move on to the next couple of segments here. I'll kind of lay out what we're going to plan on doing. Um, we We've... We've had a couple of things happen this offseason. It's been the free agency period. It's been the draft. And then those two things combined have kind of left these teams in certain situations where you have, you know, feelings about whether or not they're going to be better than they were last year or so. We're going to kind of go step by step here. And first, we're going to talk about free agents and the landing spots that they had and, and where we think the best fantasy value to reap is from those situations. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and lead this one off because I really want to talk about this guy. It's a dude that didn't even play football last year. And so you're probably like scratching your head. Like why did it, in, what an injured free agent is the best landing spot? Absolutely. This guy is Allen Robinson and he was, you know, on the Jaguars playing with Blake Bortles. And frankly, he was playing with Bortles for one of his better seasons, but, um, and they were dealing with a lot of garbage time situation there. But I like the situation in Chicago because he's got an up-and-coming quarterback who's on his second season. You know, Trubisky was, in his own conservative right, he was fine last year. Like, he didn't do anything really bad. They just were really conservative with the play calling, and he didn't get much opportunity to flash. I still think that Trubisky is a, a very good talent. He was, a you know, chosen top two. Was he first? He was first overall, wasn't he? Yeah, so 
Um, he's got talent. You know what he does. So I think that matching him up there is a good sign. And their offense in general just got better. I mean, they added some guys on O-line. They added Allen Robinson. They got, um, I believe they picked up someone else. Oh, yeah, they got um, Burton. Gabriel. They got Trey Ryan Burton Bird. at tight end. Um, so, and Taylor Gabriel. And Taylor Gabriel. So they're bringing in tons of offensive pieces. They want to make the situation for Trubisky really solid. So Allen Robinson is the clear wide receiver one there. I don't see any other guy that takes that from him. You know, they have Kevin White and, like you said, Taylor Gabriel. No no one else really has a chance. You saw how bad their wide receiver core was last year. Al Robinson's top dog day one, and there's no contention there. So I, I just love him there. I think that he's probably got the best spot there. Um, so next, let's, well, you know, if any of you guys want to weigh in, otherwise we can jump to Okada's guy up second. But if you have feelings, feel free to express them. 100% agree. I just, I, I'm rooting for him. I, I want him to bounce back from this injury. It was hard to watch him after that 2015 amazing season to come back uh, in 2016 and just kind of underwhelm all of us, I think. It's not like he had a horrible season, but to come back uh, and then 2017 get his get injured, I, I'm just rooting for the guy. I agree about Chicago's offense, and I'm just looking forward to watching them this year and see how things shake out. Yeah, and all signs are, are definitely pointing to him being ready uh, week one. I think it was maybe a month or two ago he was posting videos on like his Twitter or Instagram of him doing like box jumps and things like that, which at this phase in his rehab is right on track. So there's no reason to really be concerned about um, a slow start for him or lack of availability uh, entering week one. So he should be good to go, and I totally agree, Grant. I think he's going to be a, a rock-solid play this year. All right, thanks, guys. Well, Okada, let's move on to your free agent guy. So I'm going with Mr. Jarek McKinnon on the 49ers. Um, I know he's gotten a pretty solid amount of hype, but I'm on board with the hype. You got Kyle Shanahan. That's a great place to start. Um, we know how he's used his running backs before, especially guys who can catch balls. Um, he really knows how to use utilize those guys and make an offense that moves. Um, I think there's a lot of people that are down on McKinnon's uh, s small size and maybe he can't carry a full load. But we're look I mean, I'm looking at Devonta Freeman, who is 5'8", 206 pounds. Shanahan used him. Uh, he had 265 carries in 2015, which was his best year for fantasy. McKinnon is 5'9", 205 pounds. So they're basically the exact same size. Um, I have no concerns there. You got Jimmy G running the offense. They don't have a uh, a true number one receiver or really that strong of a receiving core right now. We'll see if they still go out and get somebody, but I think that opens up a lot of targets for McKinnon. Um, and then we've seen him flash a lot of potential in Minnesota. He's always been kind of stuck in a committee there, but uh, right now he has no competition. And if it stays that way, I think he's, I, I, I have him as a potential RB1. So, toot toot on the train. I like McKinnon. How much on this train are you? Like, how high are you taking him? I was in a best ball league. They snagged him, no, like, first overall. So, I'm hoping you're not that much on the train. <laughs> but kind of, you know, how much on the train should redraft leagues? Where should they be looking to take this guy? Like, I think that train's crashing before it starts. That's a little crazy. <laughs> but I hope that one's crashing before it starts. But... <laughs> Right now, I have him as my RB15, and I think I would consider that safe. I think he has mid-range RB1 ceiling, um, so I'm probably taking him in the first 
four rounds, I'd say. I was going to say, as of right now, very early ADP data here, but uh, Fantasy Football Calculator has Jarek McKinnon at the 403 in a 12-man league. So, yeah, I, I feel go. like you might have to take him in the third round, though, if you want him. You know, I think that mm-hmm. it, on that cusp of the third to fourth round is going to be where he goes. So if you're in the back half of the fourth, I don't know if you can expect to get him there. Yeah, I'm at 15. Uh, so right around where you were saying you had him in uh, half PPR. So I just, the way I'm looking at it, and we all know how this goes this summer, right? The hype trains take off and we're all talking mm-hmm. about these guys or we're undervaluing guys. And then we just get sick of talking about them and we don't know what's going to happen. And then the ADP shoots to the sky on some of these. And then I, he might be a little bit too rich depending on where he ends at the end of the summer for me. You know, I have some concerns. Yeah, not size necessarily, but just him being a three down back. Him kind of getting all that that load. He hasn't been in that role, and so I'm just kind of wondering how he's going to hold up. But I do think he's a key piece of that offense, and I I really hope for his success. I I if he's there, I'm going to try and get him. But I just I, I have a, a feeling he's going to be too rich for my blood by the time August rolls around. Well, tell you what, we just got done talking about a former Viking. Maybe, Jen, I feel like you want to talk about a future Viking, one that I'm very excited about as a Vikings fan myself. Uh, tell me more. Who's this person on your list? Well, Kent, he's not a future Viking. He is a Viking. Oh, that's true. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? He Ooh. certainly got paid. That's for sure. So Until I'm going he suits with... up in purple, you know, he's got to earn it. He's got to earn it. <laughs> but does he? Doesn't he have a certain amount of those millions of dollars that are guaranteed? I mean, right, Matt Ryan's deal came out. And so th- the man that I'm talking about is Kirk Cousins, of course, to the Minnesota Vikings, who almost made it <laughs> last year to the Super Bowl with Case Keenum. And I'm just super excited. I, I don't know anybody really, any team that's so set up, I think, or at least hyped to be so, so set up. And I, I, but I don't think it's hype. I really do think that the offensive pieces, the defense that they already had intact and have improved, I really think this team is set up for success. And Cousins joining them off of three, you know, 4,000 plus yard seasons. I know that Washington's issues, I know that there are things against him even just the pressure of it, right, of, hey, this is all your pieces together, right? Diggs is up next year in free agency. Some of his other, you know, top, you know, the front seven, some of them are up next year. And so there's really is what people are saying, the year that they could make it all the way. And so they bring in Cousins, they pay him an exorbitant amount of money, which he is definitely a winner. I don't know if Minnesota's the winner next year when they have to let some really awesome, probably, free agents go because they just won't have the cap space, but... Yeah, I, this year, I think my taxes went up because up. of him. So, <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? So, yeah, deal aside, so I'm not arguing necessarily that Minnesota made the best deal, but I do think Cousins is in a is in a space where he can really succeed. So people are saying this is a lateral move that he, you know, he might just do at the same place that Keenum is, and less, you know, don't have the chemistry yet. But that those things will come. I have faith that Cousins will kind of lean into this. The only thing I'm worried about is the rushing touchdowns because he's going to have better protection. Those were kind of the bump that he got to be the elite, you know, top 10 fantasy quarterback the past three years, right? So it's tough to know how that's going to shake out. But So I understand some of the criticisms, but I, I don't know if you can deny Diggs, Rudolph, Thielen, Cookback, Murray still there. 
I don't know how you can deny that this is set up and then add their defense to it. And, and I, I'm just, I really am excited to see where this will go. And I think Cousins did, was one of the best moves that I saw in free agency to make a complete team that is Super Bowl ready. You know, one thing interesting about this move is I, I think this causes a shift in the wide receivers in Minnesota. I, I almost swapped digs ahead of Thielen because everyone's on the Thielen train and people like Thielen and that's fine. They're both great receivers, but I think that Cousins game kind of lines up a little bit more with how Diggs plays and Case Keenum was 100% a guy who definitely vibed more with how Thielen played. So I could see there being a switch in terms of which one is more valuable. I, I, I'm i not going to say that it's like for sure, but um, I know that Diggs is insanely talented and he's had a little bit of injury concerns. If he can manage to stay healthy and play his game at, you know, hit the top level, I think that he has a shot for like a borderline wide receiver one season. Diggs is somebody I'm going to reach for, I think. So everybody that's in leagues with me, no. Diggs is somebody I might reach for because uh, I really want him. So just everybody saw at the end of last year, this flashes. Everybody knows he's talented. Like you said, Kent, if he can keep, you know, if he can keep his health in, intact and, and stay the season 16 games, which Cousins has done the past three, so injury concerns aren't a risk. I just, I could see this team going pretty far. If uh, if Kirk Cousins meets Case Keenum's expectation, Jen, will you be, or not his expectation, but his performance from last year, will you be satisfied with this signing or will it be a disappointment? So if mm. he ends up, Number like 15? if he matches what Keenum did over the course of last year, production-wise. I think that's falling short. Yep, I agree. Me too. I want him to do better than that. I do. And I, and yeah, I want him I agree. to... I think for the money that he got, right. he needs to. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I think that's the pressure people are talking about, right? Is will he will he crumble under it? Or will he kind of raise, you know, rise to the occasion and, and fill those shoes? I'm hoping he can fill Case Keenum's shoes. And that is no, you know, downplay of, of what Keenum did last year. I was rooting for them. I really thought he stepped up for the team. And I hope he has success in Denver. Um, but if if Cousins doesn't do a little bit better than that, I, I think it's going to be a little bit of a bust, sure. If he, I mean, Keenum ended up number 15 fantasy QB last year. So I definitely have Cousins ranked higher than that. And I'm hoping that, that that's where he finishes. Awesome yeah, stuff. I'm with All you. Right. I, I can't see him not being a QB1, so I'm with you. All right. Sorry for cutting you off. Anyway, awesome stuff on that. Let's go ahead and move on to our last free agent. So, Matthew Betts, you can go ahead and bring us home on this part. Yeah, you started us off on this segment uh, with the Chicago Bear, and I'm going to end it. Uh, one of my favorite signings, kind of more under the radar compared to these other big names, was uh, Trey Burton. Um, the guy is just um, still just 26 years old. He's been in the league for four years. As we know, he's been playing with the Eagles the last four years, playing the uh, second fiddle to Zach Ertz. Um, we know that in general, tight ends in the NFL take two to three, um, sometimes four years to fully develop and really reach their full potential. Um, and when you look at what he's done with the Eagles in Zach Ertz's absence due to various injuries, um, this guy's coming out and been effective and a proven option, um, both in yardage and being a reliable PPR option, and then as well as in the red zone. He's been able to haul in a couple of couple of TDs throughout his years in Philly. Um, I just think this guy, he's athletic, and he's going to be given an option uh, to be the number one in a Matt Nagy offense. Um, there's already been rumors and kind of coach speak coming out about how he wants to use him as his new Travis Kelsey um, from Nagy's days in uh, Kansas City. And so, you know, 
if he is inserted into that Kelsey role, I mean, sky's the limit for Burton. We already talked about how Trubisky is, you know, a good, solid, up-and-coming young quarterback uh, entering his second year in the league. Um, he's going to look to target that tight end heavily, um, just to kind of be a bit of a security blanket too. And and you know, with the other options that are there in, um, we already talked about Allen Robinson and Taylor Gabriel, um, etc. I just don't know how defenses can key in on all those guys, and I think Burton will be uh, a beneficiary of that. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. I'm looking at our tentative early rankings for our pod group and we all have him exactly at 12 which is a tight end one and is impressive for someone who's coming from a backup role where we never really saw him start more than a couple games so I think that shows the faith that all of us have in this landing spot and I expect him to do pretty well well you got to remember that this guy's thrown a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl so (laughs) I don't think you can count him out of the tight end one situation but I like I said earlier I do love Trey Burton uh, in that situation, he's he's a great blocker, which I know is not like sexy in terms of fantasy football stuff. But honestly, if you're a good blocker, that means you're on the field more. And he's going to be their lead tight end from day one. And we know that um, because Zach Miller obviously really messed up his, his knee and, and won't probably play again. So, uh, yeah, he's the guy there. And I really like him. and I think he's talented. So hopefully we can see him step up to that, that lead role. Um, so. Let's wrap up this free agent discussion. That was some good stuff. We've kind of talked about guys that we've known for a while, but now we're going to move on to something a little more exciting. It's guys who haven't played a single snap in the NFL yet. The draft just happened, what, oh, just a week, week and a half ago. And so we've got some new guys on rosters, and we don't know how they're going to be yet. I mean, honestly, these guys are always a toss-up. And you can either be way right or way wrong in a big way when it comes to rookies. So uh, let's let's start off with Okada on this one. I want to hear which rookie you like the most and where he landed in NFL. Okay, so I don't think I'm more excited about any player in the NFL at this point than Baker Mayfield. I've been Tom Brady has been my number one guy for I don't even know 15 years now, but. When Brady retires, I think it might be Baker Mayfield. I loved him coming out of college. He was my number one QB by a mile. Uh, he's basically got no knocks um, except for his height, supposedly, which I don't even consider a knock. Drew Brees and Russell Wilson are two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and they're right around his height. Um, he's the most accurate. I love his attitude, which some people have also questioned slightly. Uh, he's a little bit fiery and cocky. Um, but honestly, I like that in a quarterback and then the landing spot couldn't be better. And we're going to talk about this in a little bit. Um, the weapons on the Cleveland Browns are out of control. He's got Josh Gordon returned, supposedly, hopefully, I think we're all rooting clean and ready to go. Um, Corey Coleman, David Njoku, he's got three great running backs now in the backfield to work with. Um, Tyrod Taylor is ahead of him. Supposedly, Taylor's going to start week one. I don't know how long that will last. Uh, but as soon as Mayfield gets the reins of this offense, uh, I think he's going to absolutely take off. And I love this spot for him. Well, Jen, uh, I, I can see on the show doc here that you have the exact same name. So I'm assuming you agree. Tell, tell me why you think so. I, I mean, I echo everything that Matt was, was saying. He was my number one quarterback and so I knew I mean at least I had a gut feeling the day of the draft that if 
I think we were all hearing rumors, but I wanted the Browns to, to go with him. I really think there's been all these Manzi out, like, comparisons, and I just think that's because he's a top, like, right, a, a top draft pick. Browns have their history, right, of their draft picks, not working out, and he was just, he was who he was. This, it's very, very different. People are comparing him because he's just high and they're drafting him first overall and they think he's doomed to fail because he's, he's going it's, for the Browns. It's a lazy I, I just comparison. I really don't think It's real lazy. It definitely is, right? Like, I don't understand why people are making that, but I think it's going to stick until he proves them wrong, which is fine because I think he will. And um, I, I do, I don't know how many games, I, like, I, I'm trying to think, like, how far they're going to, they're going to have Tyrod be the, be the starter is it until he fumbles not literally but figuratively and maybe literally i'm not sure <laughs> but there was definitely a few times last year right where they benched him because of his performance he had a crappy o-line though so it will be interesting to see how tyrod is and how he performs and if baker will be kind of behind him impatient but it doesn't really seem like that might be the case and i think we'll see baker at some point this season when i'm not sure but definitely somewhere his his height doesn't bother me at all I think he's the mo- most accurate passer that was in that draft class. And I'm just, I'm really excited. His attitude is his attitude. I think that's, it, that's more indicative of QBs coming up now these days than I, I think just think of the past. And I, I mean, we, sh- we saw all kinds of sort of off the field stuff that's happening with these players coming up. So some of it's just ridiculous and some of this, it's just eye rolling. But to, to say that that makes his talent any less or his his ceiling any less is ridiculous if things work out the way i think they were they will and they kind of give him i mean they they already gave him everything he needs so i'm just waiting to watch him hopefully give the browns one you know more than more than zero i mean there isn't really like that much right (laughs) it's not there's that not much he has to do yeah, to get them better than they have. Totally, to, totally right? agree. Yeah, Baker Mayfield's a good guy to put with that offense. It in, instantly takes them to, I think, a middle of the road offense, and that's not too crazy to say. But uh, Matthew Betts, let's move on to your guy. I want to hear which rookie you're excited about this year. Yeah, I'm excited about Rashad Penny out of San Diego State. Uh, this is a guy who was drafted by the Seahawks with a 27th pick overall in the first round, uh, just over a week ago. I know that Seattle's been making some questionable moves, to say the least, this offseason with uh, their defense. They're kind of blowing it up. Um, they've shipped off a couple of their playmakers on offense when Jimmy Graham and Paul Richardson. And so it might not look great on paper, but my reason for selecting him as, a, as my choice for this question was just the fact that um, they spent such high draft capital on him. And inherently, Seattle's offense isn't meant to be a passing offense. Um, I went back and looked at some of the years where they had Marshawn Lynch. Um, and so for three to four years ago, we look at the points of 2011, 12, 13, 14, and then 15. In that time span, in 2011, they were 15th in the league in rush attempts per game, which was, okay, middle of the road. 2012, they jumped up to first. 2013, they were second. 2014, they were second. And 2015, they were third. Um, and I just think that we've seen in the last two years with Russell Wilson's inability um, to you know, fight off 11 defenders on his own and run around with a torn MCL and all these various uh, injuries. He's been running for his life. And I think that them drafting Penny in the first round just proves that they're going to try to get back to that rushing style of offense. Um, And I think that Penny is the guy to do that. 
We've seen uh, Pete Carroll come out and describe Penny as a three-down back. I have some concerns about that, just in the fact that his pass protection is god-awful. Um, so he'll definitely need to work on that, just like all rookie running backs. But if he can kind of get that locked down, uh, I think volume alone is going to make him an RB, RB2 out of the gates. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think he fits in there really well. I think that they still need a guy that can take over their, their running back role that isn't named Russell Wilson, who, by the way, is the leading running back on that team, if you were unaware. So hmm. um, I think he's a great fit. I, I love the prospect. I, I watched him quite a bit. Uh, uh, and his tape was really, really good. His blocking does leave some to be desired, but they have other guys around that that are capable of filling that in uh, in, in a nice like Swiss Army Knife style of backfield, which is the latest craze all these days. Uh, the two teams in the Super Bowl utilize those types of operations. So I, I, I can see some opportunity on early downs for him there, and I really like the fit. So, um, yeah, that's awesome. I'm going to move on to my guy, the last draft person that we're going to talk about. And that is DJ Moore. This kid is explosive. He is going to be one of my favorite people to watch this year. Uh, I just I haven't seen a guy like him who has operated uh, at such a high talent level with such a good athleticism level. And I think that he is going to be a guy who can break out very early on in his career. I think he's going to be a guy that can be a functional piece of that Carolina offense. Um, you know, Funches is great. He's a great receiver, but he's definitely someone who needs uh, a partner in crime when it comes to um, things going on there in Carolina. So uh, I think he sit, fits this situation really well. He can complement Cam Newton, and I think that you know everything's going to be better in their in their offense because of DJ Moore and. He has athleticism, and he has the dominator percentage, which, if you don't know, is the percentage of your college team's receiving yards and touchdowns, and that is taken as a fraction. So he absolutely crushed both the spark and the dominator. Uh, we we did a little study, a friend of mine and I, and we, we found that he was fourth all-time in a combination of spark and dominator. So this guy is an unbelievable athlete and player and i look i look forward to seeing him play in the league okay here's my one question kent yeah i feel like they the panthers are very intentionally building around giving cam these weapons for sh a shorter passing game keep him from getting hit speed up the offense a little bit can he do that can cam do that um my answer is maybe no but seriously <laughs> um I think it's it's smart of them to do that because Agreed. Cam is he's he's a great quarterback all around. Like his running game really complements his overall game, and his passing does leave a little bit to be desired overall compared to some of the other more pure pocket passer quarterbacks in the league. So, building a, a style of offense like a West Coast style of offense is smart of them to kind of mask the bad parts of Cam's game, and and turn them into a stronger overall offense, I, I think it's something that that is helpful. And, you know, last year when Christian McCaffrey went to the Panthers, people were saying that, well, they don't throw passes to their running backs, so why would he play there? And lo and behold, that pass-catching number skyrocketed because you, you match your offense to your players um, rather than matching your players to your offense. And I think that now that they are bringing in other weapons, they can mold that all together into something that benefits Cam and the entire offense. 
All right, well, that is it for the rookie segment. So let's go ahead and talk about overall draft, rookies, uh, free agents, trades. I know there was a lot of trades this year. Which team do you think had the most improvement from the end of last season? So just take everything into account. Tell me which team you think is maybe going to have the biggest jump in wins or or even just have the most fantasy production increase. It doesn't even necessarily have to be real NFL wins related. So just tell me what your reasoning is and why you like that team. Let's go ahead and start with Jen and let me hear which team you like the most. I never thought as a Steelers fan that I would talk so much on a podcast about the Browns, but (laughs) I don't think anybody can deny, especially because where they're starting is at the ground, zero wins, that anybody came out of the draft plus free agency this year being better on paper, I'm going to emphasize, than the Browns. They added Landry in the offseason, Hyde in the offseason, although we might you know, we can maybe talk about that a little bit later, but about scratching our heads about uh, Chubbs, uh, you know, drafting him when they already had Carlos Hyde for $5 million a year. But they picked him up. They worked on their defense, picked up some guys for that as well. And, of course, Baker with the, the number one pick overall. So add the piece in they already had. I don't know how you can you cannot say that based on sort of what has happened, that they aren't going to be the most improved this season. I was kind of conceptualizing this as a better uh, team overall, not necessarily just fantasy, but I do think that that's going to be elevated. So I, I do think it's, it's the Browns when, when asked that question, it was the number one thing I tried to think and find another team (laughs) that I thought (laughs) might, uh, might be better, but I don't know how I can really say any other team at this point. Yeah, Jen, I'm definitely with you on that one. Um, I had the same answer to this question, so I'll just jump right in. Um, you kind of touched on it already, but the offensive weapons that they've added is night and day compared to last year. Um, obviously, they bring in Jarvis Landry via trade and then sign him to that five-year extension. They brought in Tyrod to kind of steer the ship a little bit for the first couple of weeks, and then they draft Baker Mayfield with their first overall pick. Um, I like what they did in terms of their, their offense for sure. I also like that they went out and got Denzel Ward from Ohio State. Uh, really good cornerback to help kind of solidify that position. Um, he scared us a little Nick... bit this week, didn't he? What's the that? Hip flexor, the hip flexor issue. He said, yeah, out. I, I saw that come up. And I'm like, um, oh man, are Browns things going to be Browns things, right? <laughs> He's okay, yeah. though. He's okay. Would it everybody. be any other way? Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> He's all um, right. And they also went out and added to their offensive line, too, with getting uh, Austin Corbett out of Nevada and offensive tackle. So uh, I like what they're doing. They've got the pieces in place. We'll just see if they can execute. I'm uh, I'm also on the Browns train, so I'll jump in too. Uh, everything these two have said, for sure. Also, they added Todd Haley, who has offensive coordinated one of the best offenses in the league for five years or something like that uh, in the Steelers. And supposedly, uh, he's being given the reins to the offense, which Hugh Jackson no longer having the reins to anything, or as little as you can give Hugh Jackson the reins to the better for everybody. Um, so that's that's a big deal. Honestly, and you guys, I'm interested to get to get your number on this. I have them, I went through their schedule. I think they could get nine wins. How, is that crazy? How crazy is that? Well, you know, I don't think yes, it's crazy it's because crazy. last year on the on the TFA pod, I actually said that they were like a quarterback away from being a fan, uh, excuse me, a playoff caliber team. So I'm with you guys on that. I, I, I like it. 
Jen, what's your number? I'm, I'm going six. Ooh. I was going to say six as well. Ooh. Okada, if you're a betting man, I think uh, Vegas came out with five and a half as their number. So if you're at nine, oh, I would, uh, smash I would go ahead and drop a big, yeah. smash <laughs> big bet on that one and make yourself some money. I'm taking my life Hot savings. Take. Taking my life savings and going to Vegas. Could this be our first bet? Like, could this be the first thing that we're following up on later? I feel like we should put the stakes on that. Yeah. I'm not sure what. You guys but... take six. I take nine. So what do we say? Seven and a half? Mm. I take the over. You guys take the under? Um, well, I'm on the over. I'll take the I don't under. know what I'll you're under. talking about. I'm, I'm, I'm not an under guy. Then. I'm with Jen. <laughs> okay, it's a 2v2. I'll believe it when I see it. It's a 2v2 under, bet. Under, under. Well, we'll talk. We'll figure out what the, 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 uh, the stakes yeah, are. Yeah, we'll but. talk stakes terms are. later. Um. I, I just got to say for a second, we're talking about the most improved team. You guys all had the same answer. You, you're all boring. I, I have to I have to say it. You're, you're just boring. You know, Sassy. the Browns is the easy boring. choice. Really you just did. like to make it easy on yourself, and that's okay. I'm going to go with something a little bit more difficult. And actually, I had a, a team on the show, Doc. I'm throwing an audible right now. I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to go with the New York Giants. I think that from last Ooh. year, last year they were just, let's Crap. be honest, kind of garbage. Yeah, so – you know, they still have Eli, and Eli is fine. He's not terrible. He's not great either, but um, or at least not as great as he once was. But they got Saquon Barkley. They got Will Hernandez. They got Odell coming back. They got Evan Ingram year two. They've just got it all going on, and I think Eli's the kind of guy that will play up to the guys around him as well. And that defense is still just as strong as ever, too. I mean, this this team could easily be back in the playoffs again, and I wouldn't I wouldn't bat an eye at it. And I think that – if you're looking for fantasy production, you're going to look to Saquon Barkley. I know people already are. And, you know, who's their running back last year? It was a combination of Wayne Gallman, Paul Perkins, Gallman. and uh, I forget the other guy. He, Somebody Yeah, he, he went somewhere else. Oh, Someone oh. who's so immemorable. We don't I think know. you're speaking also, to the issue. Yeah. Chambering. Also, they added Jonathan yeah. Stewart. So they have goal line backs when they haven't had one of those in I don't even know since when. They might actually be able to score rushing touchdowns. So, um, yeah, no, this team is way better than it was in the last couple of seasons, and I think that they could definitely bounce back in a huge way. I have to say, though, for the record, Kent, it is never easy for me to say nice things about the Browns. I just want to say that. I know oh, it was that, boring. That's fair. That's and maybe fair. expected, but not easy. <laughs> By the way, and I didn't even have to look this up. I just remembered. It's Orleans Darkwa. Yeah, it there is. you go. You're right. That's the yeah. guy. <laughs> Good call. Rough stuff. So I don't know. He's somewhere else now, but it doesn't really matter. They uh they got two much better running backs than they've had in a, in a long time. So um I think it's fair to say that they could vastly improve from where they were last season. How many wins did they get last last season? Well, the oh, they were the second overall pick, so couldn't be that many. Two? I want to say okay. three, but... I can uh, see that then. Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head. I'd have to look it up. But, um, yeah, no, I like three. I said, they could... Three. Yeah, so there you go. Not exactly a, a very, very good season there. Um, But, anyway, uh, that's that's enough talk about the teams. Actually, you know, real quick, I just have a real quick question for you guys. What... What's going to be next year's number one draft pick? Which team do you think Ooh. just utterly failed this offseason? Had a bad oh. draft, no free agents. Who who did a bad job? Okay, initially, when I first hear that question, it feels difficult. But as soon as I realize the team that I want, it's easy. And for me, it's the Bills. <laughs> hmm. Ooh, I was going to go, uh, no question for me, it's Miami. 
Oh, that team is just oh, that's that's, oh. that's, that's who I was thinking. It's, was it's the third team. Is the third team maybe not the Jets? And what does that tell you about the Patriots? <laughs> yeah, no, it the Patriots. I don't know how they. Your boys are falling apart, though, man. Like oh, they're just it's all, in the media, it's all smoke and screen. it's all drama, drama, drama. It's a smokescreen, Jen. It's Belichick is a wizard, a dark it's wizard, maybe, but um, Tom Tom Brady's. Tom Brady's getting up there, and and they kind of still are looking for a contingency plan on that. And I know he he thinks he'll play until he's, you know, applying for his retirement uh, issue. But uh, AARP, <laughs> yeah, AARP, exactly. So supposedly it, Giselle gave him permission for two years, so we'll see how that works. Oh, that's that's uh, probably two years longer than I was expecting. So. I actually just recently traded Tom Brady away in one in one of my dynasty leagues because I had Kirk Cousins and Mitch Trubisky, two guys which I've made very clear I'm fans of. So, what'd I, you get I, for I, him? Uh, what'd you get for Tom Brady? It was it was a Sammy Watkins and draft pick deal, and I also gave away Alex Collins and something else. So it was a pretty good value. I, I liked it. Bad, not bad. Yeah, yeah, I like Watkins. It, Kansas City was one of the teams where I thought through the draft I would say if the question was who's more of a well-rounded team coming out of the draft. I would say Kansas City used was it all their picks on defense because their offense clearly is set up. They got Watkins and Hill back, and now they're going to have Hunt back. And I don't know. I'm excited to see that team. So good. I mean, good trade. Jen, you can't come on the TFA pod and talk about the the Chiefs without bringing up Pat Mahomes. <laughs> come on, Kevin's going to get mad at you. I was oh. going to say, not having Kevin here, which you know I used to record a pod with him occasionally. And Jen did too. Um, Kevin, he I swear he can't go like five minutes without talking about Pat Mahomes or the Chiefs. It's just like a twitch for him. If if it's quiet for even a second, he'll be like, Pat Mahomes is God <laughs> or whatever his not a country accent deal. is. Yeah, hey, it wasn't at too least bad. it's not Jeremy Hill, which is where it was in the years past. So yeah, it's true. Say. I'd rather hear about Mahomes. I'll tell you than, what. Uh, Jeremy Hill. I, I might be our resident Kev because I have Mahomes at eight right now. QB eight. I have him. Where I had him I ten. Him? I had him ten. None? Top ten feels like bold ish it's not it's not that crazy i honestly my opinion on this is that the quarterback position this year is just deep oh my gosh there there's a range of probably from like qb8 to qb20 shuffle it i mean seriously it could end up in any order in that range and i wouldn't be shocked i don't know what do you guys think we have yeah we have mahomes at 8 10 11 and 14 with Betts being the one that's the lowest on him is 14. So we're all looking at his upside, the weapons he has, that offense, and, you know, taking a bet on him. That, I mean, that would be the, the second year back I'm looking at the most, I think, that upside there. I, Trubinsky, you know, he, he's got some, but I think Mahomes has something set around him. So Yeah, he's definitely got the tools to do it. Um, I guess my only reservation compared to you guys, I'm not necessarily – quote unquote low on him but lower than you guys um just outside the top top 12 for qb ones i just i want to see it you know last year we saw him play week 17 and he played i forget who they played but they played backups and it wasn't mm-hmm. a real game essentially uh so we'll see we'll see how he does in preseason and kind of week one and week two but if he's coming out of the gates on fire i'm easily going to be all over him moving forward yeah, I feel like Mahomes could be a guy. Well, he's he's going to get drafted, and I tell you what, he he could have like a down week or two in the beginning too. So he might get dropped at some point, and if if that happens, and I'm not the one to draft him, I'm picking him up QB like second quarterback on my roster 
without a second thought. I'm going to try and sneak him in for not a lot of fab and, and see how it plays out. But I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, Kent, because I think if, if, since the season came out and we can see the schedule, it we should look at that. And Mahomes does have a kind of a difficult schedule. I think he starts on the road. So it's good for, for owners to know that and, you know, maybe try and get him on the back of something or maybe hype that up within their league or something like that to kind of maybe have his ADP drop a little bit or find the you know, the people that aren't really believing in him and kind of snag him a little bit later in the middle rounds because it might be a little bit slow going and people will fade, maybe drop him even. And so then you can swoop in and sort of keep your eye on it. So that is something to keep in mind as you're heading into your drafts. Uh, yeah, I don't think we want to stay on this for too much longer, but he does have an awful schedule. Charger At Chargers, at Steelers, Home against the 49ers, so that's nice. Then at the Broncos, then the Jaguars, and then the Patriots. Yep. That's rough. That's a rough. All right, yeah, I'm going to drop my homes right now. It doesn't look good. Yeah. It doesn't look good. (laughs) Initially. Yeah. So wait for him to hit waivers, then grab him. (laughs) Or they're losing and he throws a ton and goes cray-cray, right? Who knows? But that's tough. That's tough going. Yeah. um, I like it. But uh, let's let's go ahead and move on to our last segment that we're going to go ahead and have on this first podcast for the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, I want to hear about your ranking adjustments you've had so far. And I know that, you know, early season or early off season, I should even say rankings are kind of just kind of getting a feel for where where you think players might fall out. And that usually just shifts a ton between, you know, rookie camps and all that kind of stuff. Um, but let, let's hear guys that are, are moving up and down your rankings. Uh, we'll start off with bets. I want to hear maybe like one guy up, one guy down. Let's, I want to hear what you got. All right. Just so we haven't talked about this team yet on this podcast, I'm going to go ahead and bring up a Browns player. Uh, <laughs> I'll make it quick. Uh, my guy that I moved down is Carlos Hyde. Um, I think I had him around like 23, 24 before the draft. And then when they took Chubb, I moved him down to uh, 31. It's just hard for me to see a scenario where all three of these guys in the backfield, Carlos Hyde, Nick Chubb, and Duke Johnson, are all consistently uh, relevant on a week-to-week basis. And I just don't know how you can count on that. Uh, they spent high draft capital on Nick Chubb, so it's not like he's you know, a, a fifth or sixth round pick who's coming in to maybe take a couple touches away. They drafted him in the third pick of the second round. So uh, they're going to use him. They're going to use all three of these guys. And we know Duke Johnson's no slouch out of the backfield. So I definitely uh, am lower now on high than I was before. Um, and as far as a guy that I'm going to move up, uh, I'm moving up Alex Collins. I moved him up to 18. Uh, Baltimore was a team that I thought would draft a running back, and they ended up deciding to pass on that position. Um, last year, Alex Collins was really effective when he had the opportunity to be so. Um, he finished 2017 as the RB, 18 overall in half-point formats, um, and he only started in 12 games. He started consistently starting over Terrence West in Week 6, and then from week 6 to 17 through the end of the season, he put up an impressive stat line of 175 carries, 712 yards, and 6 rushing touchdowns. And during that time span, he was the RB11, uh, averaging 13.5 fantasy points per game. Um, it's still unclear if they're going to kind of commit to him as the every down back and really give him uh, you know, full workload duties. But even in you know first and second down role, I could see him being a viable option and definitely a mid to back end RB2 easily do do you think do you think kenneth dixon is just done i'm just curious um it's hard to say i mean has he played a regular season snap in the nfl 
Yeah, Kenneth Dixon, he had a, a short spurt of, uh, I believe it was two years ago now, because he got suspended and injured last season. Um, right. So he's been out for a while. I think he, he had a lot of talent. I think he could easily be a guy who draws passing work in that in that backfield. I, I don't think he's going to draw a significant amount of work from Alex Collins. Um, but we kind of saw a, a collection of suboptimal running backs and and Alex Collins is actually pretty decent but he just happened to be the best of the worst in in that backfield and they have a good offensive line and a decent offense in general I mean they kind of get by uh, and kind of rely on their defense more but um they brought in some wide receivers you know they they've got Kenneth Dixon back I think things could shake up a little bit I I like Alex Collins I'm still hesitant to to kind of put him up high in like the run like running back two range I don't know if he'll be consistent enough for that but I I definitely am higher on him now than I was before I know that much yeah I think a lot of these guys that we're down on or that are going down in our rankings are because of the lack of the the fact that the team drafted somebody in the draft meaning that they might have their role or at least maintain their role so I, I think you're right with the fact that Collins has like the opportunity but there's still Buck Allen there and you're right, they expect Collins back for OTAs uh, coming off his knee uh, injury. So it, it's it's really going to, right? It's one of these running back by committees that we're going to kind of see how it shakes out. But I think Collins has the best chance to come out of there and is probably the biggest winner out of that backfield for mm-hmm. coming out, being the starter, and getting the chance, right? We see that all the time. They get the chance, and in fantasy, it's all about volume, and it's all about how many chances and opportunities the fantasy player are going to have. And I think out of that, um, on the ball, you know, on the Ravens, the, Collins has the best chance. At least where he's going right now, he's he's a little bit, I think, undervalued at this point. We'll see how it how it happens throughout the summer, but right now he's a winner from the draft. I think. Agree, agree. All right. Well, let's see. I'll 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 talk about mine real quick. So I got I got a couple guys I want to talk about, but I'll just pick one from up, one from down as we're kind of closing up the show here. So one guy I'm down on is Emmanuel Sanders. And you might be thinking, well, he got an upgrade at QB. Why is why would that not be an upgrade for him? Well, I I watched Case Keenum play last year. I don't think he's that much of an upgrade. I think he's going to be exposed this year a little bit, and people aren't Oof. people aren't excited about that. I think it's a, probably a, the best fit he could have gotten is going to the Broncos. Um, but on top of Case Keenum going there and how he plays football. Uh, I think that matches Demarius Thomas more, like I was kind of referencing earlier with Adam Thielen. Um, but also, I mean, they're bringing in wide receivers there. They got a guy from last year that they drafted that they liked is Carlos Henderson. Henderson. Yeah, mm-hmm. he he's still working his way up the ladder. And then they they went out and they got Cortland Sutton this year, a guy who was you know kind of talked up and down in like the the first to second to third range in terms of in terms of round drafted. Um, he kind of had a big variation. I mean, the, the Cowboys, had, for a while, they were saying, well, we're going to take him one since we got rid of Dez. Terrible decision, by the way. But let's talk about that another time. Um, I don't think Emmanuel Sanders is long for fantasy stardom anymore. I mean, he's on the wrong side of 30, as is Demarius. But Demarius can make his game a little bit better with, you know, just route running in, in the slot. Whereas being on the outside, you got to keep that burner speed. And I think these young guys are going to show up and say, hey, old-timer, um, I'm going to take this job from you. So I I could see him kind of fading off a little bit, definitely being inconsistent. 
and I, I'm probably going to avoid him at cost this year if I can. They they did also get uh, another receiver in the fourth round, Deshaun yeah. Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Hamilton, who, yeah. yeah, and it's they, it's kind of funny they kind of drafted it seems like successors to Thomas and Sanders mm-hmm. in Sutton and Hamilton. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that I think I'm on board a little bit with that. Because I don't think they're going to need to let one of them or both of them go next year, right? And Sanders or DT. Yep. And so I think it could go either way because I think bringing the young guns in and bringing them in and kind of that competitive nature, it could go either way. This could be maybe one of the better years for those wide receivers with Keenum coming in if they can get that chemistry going. Or it could be that, you know, these young receivers come in and challenge them and start winning and they want to give them a chance I think it might all depend on how their season goes, right? If it's starting to go down the crapper, then they might give these younger ones a chance and an opportunity, right? They're 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 not in a better place to learn than True. these two guys. And I'm a believer in Sanders, you know, needs to be with my Steelers. Um, <laughs> but in general, his talent, and I've just kind of waited around and kind of felt like he's been undervalued, but hasn't gotten this the quarterback to to really work with him, and so. I'm a little bit skeptical, so I see where you're coming from. But I'm hoping for the more positive end of this and to see maybe Sanders and DT bounce back instead of going the other direction. So, I'm, you know, I'll, maybe I'll you know dig in a little bit with you, Kent, and say it might go the other direction. Yeah, and just to kind of add on to that, uh, just real quick for you guys, Bill Musgrave is the offensive coordinator, coordinator now. Um, and Okada, one of our buddies over at the Fantasy Footballer, Jason Moore, just tweeted this out last night um so i'll take this from him he said bill musgrave is the new offensive coordinator in a decade of being the offensive coordinator for five different teams he's never once had a team in the top third of the league in passing yards um so i don't know if the volume is going to be there we'll we'll kind of see how the offense is run but um wouldn't be shocked to you know see sanders drop a little bit as well as dt so royce freeman yep yeah i do like royce Freeman. i actually i think i had him in my landing spot for the the draft part before I switched it out for DJ Moore. So I like Royce Freeman a lot. Wasn't Denver saying they were going to emphasize the running game though last season when they had Booker and CJ Anderson and that kind of crapped out and we saw how that went. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. They, they've got some issues. They're mm-hmm. kind of in a transition right now. I mean, mm-hmm. they they've kind of gone through a little bit of a phase uh, as far as figuring out what their, their deal is after the loss of Peyton Manning. So they're they're kind of finding Brock Osweiler. Phase. Oh yeah, the, they're figuring the, it out. Yeah. Uh yeah. So I don't know. That's interesting. But uh, what I can tell you is one guy that I have risen on lately, and you know, it's it's like I said earlier, it's because I have to. Is is Alvin Kamara? Um. How how can he not be your first round draft pick? If you're at the back end of the first round and he's sitting there at like seven, eight, nine spots, something like that. Uh, I don't know how you don't take him. I mean, yeah, he, lit, the he lit it up last year. He, like I said, he's probably going to regress a little bit, but he's still going to have enough volume it, regarding the whole Ingram situation. I, I don't see how he doesn't have a top 10 season overall and probably a top five running back season. You know, there's kind of the passing of the old guard as far as like DeMarco Murray's now. He's still not on a team. LaShawn McCoy's getting up there in age and he's on the terrible bills. Um, there's guys who are getting pushed down and, and new guys have to jump up. And I think Al Kamara's going to be the next great running back uh, in the league. He's on a good offense. I mean, Breeze only has so much time left, but 
uh, he's going to be a, a, a guy who's going to be able to provide for the suitor quarterback that is in New Orleans. So, um, yeah, Alvin Kamara, I absolutely love him. I I can't even hate anymore. I, I had so much fun hating on him last year when he was just every single game he got like two touchdowns and some breakaway run for 70 yards. I was like, this is never going to happen again. And then it happened again. And so I just had fun every single week hating on him and waiting for it to stop, and it never did. So I think it just continues. I, I've I've conceded to Camaro. All right, well, Okada, let's let's hear maybe a couple of guys that you've had moving up or down your rankings recently. All right, so my up is very tentative <laughs> because there's still several months of free agency left, but it's going to be Marlon Mack. Mm. Um, I think we all expected the Colts to either draft a guy or sign a guy. C.J. Anderson was probably one of the considered options. He's no longer available. I think it's pretty much down to DeMarco Murray at this point as far as someone who could potentially threaten uh, Mac for what I would call the starter role there. Um, he's a fourth-round draft pick, so we're not talking about some kind of superhero, but he's shown a lot of explosiveness. He's made some big plays. Um, and most, just pretty much most importantly, and this is another reason it's tentative, He's the running back for Andrew Luck. So if, by some miracle, Andrew Luck actually plays football this season, which I'm not very confident in, but if he does, uh, I, I have Marlon Mack probably as a back-end RB2, and I would have had him somewhere outside my top 40 if they had brought in someone else. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if they bring someone else in, and we'll see if Luck plays. But if he does, Mack's my guy. Not worried about Hines at all? I actually really like Hines, but as a pass catcher. I think, uh, mm -hmm. I think, in fact, he's. If, if we ever talk about sleepers at some point, you'll probably hear me mention uh, Naheem Hines. Mm -hmm. um, I love him, but I think he's going to be a pass catcher, and I think Mac will do most of the first and second network, and he's not a bad pass catcher himself. So. And they did improve their their O-line, right? Yeah, they got Quentin they Nelson. They at least got a center, exactly. right? Uh, yep. Yeah, did they sign a center? Yes. Nice. Right? Well, I, know, I believe they did. I know they drafted Quentin Nelson, who is a guard. And he's a very, very big, very, very good guard. Did you say a god or a guard? A god. Because <laughs> he might be both. He's both. Yeah, he's, he's insane. In fact, I considered Luck for this just because of Quentin Nelson, but I'm just so un unconfident in whether Luck will play. We'll see. Uh, okay, and then as far as a faller, I'm going to go with Rex Burkhead. And I think that's one of the more popular fallers. They, a Patriots went out and got Sony Michelle, 34, 31st pick overall, which was a big deal for them. They don't usually reach like that. The last time they drafted a running back in the first round was Lawrence Maroney in like 2006 or something like that. Yep, 2006. Um, mm -hmm. So they spent draft capital on this guy. I, there's a lot of people, I think, who still want to hold on to Rex Burkhead because he's been very useful. Uh, he's been very efficient. Um, the Patriots have used him well. And he was also decent when he got touches for the Bengals. But I don't think there's really an argument to be made that Burkhead is better than Michelle. I think Sony Michelle is by far the best, the better running back. By far, in fact, the best running back on that team now. And he's actually my number two running back uh, as far as rookies go, in ahead of Darius Geis. Um, mainly because I don't like his landing spot. Um, but yeah, Burkhead goes from being the potential one, two and half of a third down back for the Patriots to 
maybe a change of pace guy and special teamer. Um, I think there's going to be a good amount of debate on this. People will think he will challenge Michelle, but as a Patriots guy myself, I don't think he will. And I actually think Michelle will get more of an RB1 role in this offense than we've seen from the Patriots in a while. So Burkhead's fell pretty drastically for me. I also had Burkhead as a faller. But aren't you a little worried about Michelle and his um, fumbling issues and Belichick's strong stance on this and doghouse yeah. issues and I tweeted something about this as soon as he as yeah as soon as they made the pick I said something like uh, if if I'm Belichick I'm giving Michelle a ball to hold on to the second he gets to the <laughs> Patriots facility and he has to keep it in his hands all the time and I think that they will I think that they would not have drafted him if they were concerned about that mainly because of what you're talking about with Belichick hating that so much. So I think that they're confident that um, that they can solve that issue or that he can solve that issue. If he fumbles early, maybe it's a concern, but I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, and just to follow up on that too, that was something that I was hesitant on. Um, I think it was two years ago he had, like, in the teens, something like that, fumbles, uh, which is god-awful. But last year he cleaned it up. He only had two. And so... It was a kind of a tale of two seasons, so maybe he worked on it a bunch in the offseason between you know two years ago and last year. We'll see. Uh, but definitely a little hesitation on that. If he does end up fumbling, and we know how Belichick treats his running backs that fumble, he could go from someone that we're all excited about to someone that we're not touching with a 10-foot pole. So we'll see. We'll see how that shakes out. I know the one other concern there, Bets, maybe you can help out here, was this bone-on-bone conspiracy. And I, I'm, I've heard rumors that the Patriots planted that just to get Michelle to fall. But do you have anything on that from your uh, PT perspective? Uh, nothing with PT perspective in regards to that, but that is the most Patriots thing ever. So I would not be shocked if that was actually the case. Um, but no, in all seriousness, I feel like that bone-on-bone, quote-unquote, terminology that comes out every year at draft season is a bunch of garbage. Um, we know that through imaging, meaning x-rays and like MRIs and that kind of thing, certain parts of the body don't always correlate to what the athlete feels. And mm. so you might look at someone with a god-awful picture up on the screen, but they're like, I'm feeling fine, I'm running, I'm cutting, I'm jumping, I don't have any issues, um, and I can do everything I have to. So he does have some injury concerns going back. I think it was to high school he has a, a torn ACL, but he's been effective all through college, and you know certainly the ACL tear will predispose him to cartilage issues later in life but he's a young guy i think he's what 22 21 22 Mm -hmm. so there's no reason for us to be concerned um, about him this year next year or even the year after that maybe when he's 28 29 we'll talk about this again but the same concerns came out with jhi and he's still in the league and he's still effective so i don't really read into that kind of stuff unless there's like legitimate concerns and legitimate um news that comes out about it versus just quote unquote bone on bone so that's my kind of take on that. Rex like Burkhead it. is the man. Rex Burkhead <laughs> is so good at football. I don't know what he has to do to get more touches. Granted, yes, he got injured last year. It definitely threw a wrench in my playoffs as far as fantasy. That was a bummer. But if he comes back healthy, if he comes back strong, I don't know how you don't give this guy the ball uh, more often because he got eight touchdowns on 94 touches. That is unbelievable. This guy has a nose for the end zone. And even if Sony Michelle does get a lot of work, I think 
how how do you not bring Rex in for all your red zone opportunities? I, I don't understand why Bill Belichick, one of the smartest football coaches ever, would take his guy who was amazing at scoring touchdowns and not put him in just because he drafted a running back in the first round. Like, yeah, you're going to use your first round running back, but you don't just change your game plan dramatically all of a sudden because there's one new guy. I, I don't think so. I mean, I think Rex has the most touches in this backfield this season. And I'm sticking to that. Well, they paid him a lot of money, too. I mean, let's keep this in mind. Yeah. Draft capital is huge, right? Especially be- when is Bill Belichick, and he does not do that for running backs. So we, we get it. But he could be drafting the future. And we know this is fantasy roulette, right? You know you're taking a risk when you draft a running back from the, from the Patriots. You know that, right? So it just depends. I think it's going to come down to ADP. Where is he going? Where is he going around? Who is he going around? And I'm with you, Kent, honestly. If I'm going to take a chance, like depending on where they fall, right? But where they're falling right now, if I'm going to take a chance, especially how ugly running back gets as you get to the lower rounds right now, not really knowing how it's going to shake out, I'm taking some shots on Burkhead. I liked how he looked last season. I, I think, if anything, it's going to be a share. Nobody is going to be a workhorse in Patriot. I mean, just look at Gilly last season, right? How many touches did he have in the first couple of games? And then three poof, and one. Poof, he's like the ghost, <laughs> Gilly ghost. You know what I mean? So. You know, at this point, I'm with you. I would take a couple of shots on him, and if depending on on where Michelle falls, you could take him later. But who was the guy like three years ago that came out on that like Sunday night football and had like four touchdowns, and then the next week was like cut from the team? Oh, Joe, oh, yeah, Jane, Jane uh, his name. R- Randall Kata. wasn't he a Randall? No, no. no. Wait, are you talking about on the Patriots? On the Patriots. Oh, Jonas Gray. Oh, Patri- Jonas Gray. That's oh, Jonas Gray. Jonas Gray. Yeah. Mike Gillisley is Jonas Gray. Yes. Oh, I forgot about yeah. him. Classic. Absolutely. Bill Belichick is savage. He he just has no regard for human life. Nope. He, he'll do whatever he wants. I, I wouldn't be surprised if any of those guys in that backfield ended up with the most touch. If Jeremy Hill showed up and had a 12-touchdown season, I wouldn't be shocked. I I Don't will put that dare. evil. I will put that evil on you because it's Belichick, and that's dare. just how it happens. And oh. you know, Matt's laughing, but he knows he's been there for it. He's seen it. He knows what's going on. Um, getting cut. <laughs> cut, cut, cut off that. Yeah, team. yeah. I I I wouldn't be surprised. To be perfectly honest, I was kind of joking, but um, Kevin would like it. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do. I I mean. Week to week predictability is out the window. That's that's all I can say. If as far as like relying on one, I don't want to. I don't want to rely on any of those guys as my running back too. Uh, it would take a couple weeks for me to kind of see and and hear what they have. And so anyway, um, all right. Last but not least, let's move on to Jen. I want to hear which players you are up and down on. Okay. So I, I, let me just say that most of the guys that have already been mentioned, I agree. Like Collins, I had uh, going up high. I had going down. Mac is tentative, but I have him going up a little bit and Brookhead down. So, but two people that haven't talked about, that's who I'll go for. So up, I'm going Jordy Nelson. Or wait, down. Sorry. Whoops. <laughs> Read my nose a little wrong there. It's mostly because Martavis Bryant, but it's also because Gruden wants to increase the running game. He's making moves to do that. He's not necessarily hiding that fact, right? And then you've got Amari Cooper there. And it's he's he's aging. He does not have the chemistry. I think we're expecting to see the Jordy that we've seen. I even have this emotional thing where I wanted to draft him, and I had to kind of check myself. I, I really think, especially with this this trade with the Steelers and getting Bryant for that 
uh, you know, downfield deep threat. I, I, I'm just not sure if Jordy's going to get the touchdowns that he needs and the targets that he needs to be as fantasy, as high in fantasy drafting as people are used to Jordy being. Him get you know leaving Green Bay, he was already dropping for me, and then they added that piece. And I'm just I hate to say it, but I don't think we're going to see the the Nelson that we that we have in the past. So he's going down for me. Um, and then up is going to for me somebody we haven't talked about. I'm going Juju. I'm going I'm going to be a little bit a uh, little bit of a homer here because of the same deal. Mm. I know I know that they also drafted. I, I understand that they got somebody that's also a deep threat in the draft, but I think he's going to take time to come up. So for me, Juju, who at the end of the season, I think I think before the bye and after the bye, everybody could agree that the Steelers clicked and they, they got it figured out. Now they couldn't figure out the Bryant piece. So I'm kind of sad that he moved on, but also happy for him that he moved on because clearly it just wasn't a good fit. He, Juju just stepped up. He stepped up at the end of the season. He really came on strong. He got tons of targets towards the end of the season. I, I wrote it down. He got an average of seven and a half targets per game in the last half of the season, week eight on. And so I really think, especially if you're doing a half or full PPR league, Juju is rising up the boards for me after that deal. So I really like him this year. I know AB is always going to be who he's going to be, but if you watch that last half of the season – and saw kind of how Juju stepped up, and that was year one. I'm really excited to see what he can do this year and be kind of an integral piece of that offense. Um, with Big Ben still trying and competing <laughs> to uh, to raise his level, let's say, from what some of some of what we saw last season in retirement rumors and all of that. I'm hoping this season he comes back strong. He's got some competition now. His feathers are a little ruffled, mm. and so I really think that offense is going to take off. And we'll just see. We'll just see what happens. But he's definitely he got bumped up for me after that deal. It's I love the, uh, me some juju. It's the Alex Smith Patrick Mahomes effect for Big Ben that you're hoping for, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I definitely am. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that was a good rundown. I mean, we we went through a lot of stuff today. We went a little bit over an hour, kind of aiming for that, but that's okay. Uh, we'll we'll find our our stride and we'll we'll trim down the fat and get all the goody fantasy information in there from here on out um i just want to let all the listeners know all zero of you that are probably out there right now um <laughs> now hopefully more to come but uh we will have some some cool ideas for shows coming up we might do some like draft episodes where we you know do live drafts on this the uh the podcast we'll do some contests which one we'll talk about here in a second we're going to think about starting up uh we'll do some you know, fantasy fan related stuff where you guys can ask questions and we'll respond. So we got a lot of awesome ideas. We're going to hone down to the really good ones and get those on the docket for future episodes. But as for today, we are going to sign off. And before we do, I just want to let everyone know that we are going to try and get a listener league contest set up. So we need reviews. We're a brand new show uh, starting. Hopefully as soon as this podcast is released, we will have uh sites for our podcasts on iTunes, uh, Podbean, Stitcher, maybe a couple other spots. I will be tweeting that out on our Twitter, which is brand new as well. So give us a follow there. We are the, let me just double check it. I want to make sure I get this right for everyone. It is red shirts. Um, it is at red shirts, FF pod. So go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter. 
Um, real quick, we're just going to each go by and drop our Twitter handles if you want to reach out to us and let us know how we did on episode number one. I'm Kent Wyrock, and my Twitter handle is at Kent Wyrock. If you don't know how to spell that, just look in the show page, and it'll have the spelling right there for you. Um, all right, I'm Matt so- Okada. Twitter handle is at Fantasy Sensei. My DMs are always open, and you can come at me. Tom Brady hate, and I'll respond with savage gifts. <laughs> 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 and I'm Matthew Betts. You guys can find me on Twitter uh, at the Fantasy PT. Always trying to drop um, kind of injury knowledge and stats and all that kind of good stuff on there. And, and just you know, like I said, trying to get that information out to you guys to make you all uh, better fantasy players. And last but not least, I'm Jen Smith, and I'm at the only Jen Smith on Twitter. I recently changed it. I know it's the most generic name ever. I might as well be Jen Doe, <laughs> Jane Doe. Well, or Jen Doe, I guess you could say. Uh, so I'm the only Jen Smith you need to know. So if I'm me at Twitter, I can finally use my name in some sort of handle or email. Finally. All right. Well, thank you to my brand new panel of fantasy experts. We will be getting back together, hopefully shortly to talk about all the off season stuff. And as we get into draft season, we can hopefully get you guys prepared for your fantasy football season. So signing off for the first time ever, we are the red shirts. Have a good day, everyone. Here comes the, here comes the, here comes the, here comes the.